The following program was produced by a community producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the community producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. Hello, Malden, and welcome back. Yes, we're back. 02148 in Studio B, and I'm back. Um, I can't remember the last time we were on. For me, it's been a while, probably over a year, but today we have a guest. He is the current school committee member of Ward 6, the position I used to hold, and the Honorable Joe Gray. Welcome to my show. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, my name is Joe Graham, the Ward 6 School Committee member, and um, I'm really happy to be here. I'm very glad Jerry invited me for this, for this show. Um, Jerry and I have been friends and, um, you know, contestants for many years, and we get along pretty well. And I don't think I can express how happy I am to be here on the air and just fielding any old questions and talking about issues that are relevant to Malden and um, our constituents. Um, just fire away. All right. Thank you. Uh, f- so for the people, obviously, of Ward 6, you know Joe Gray, and people who watch the school committee know who Joe Gray is, but there'll be people that are probably going to watch the show for the first time, or there may be people who watch the show all the time who don't know who Joe Gray is. So who is Joe Gray? How is your, how, how did you come to Malden? Like your, your origins? That's an interesting question. Um, during the last election cycle, that sort of came up spontaneously um, during the candidates forum. It, it's not a secret, but I didn't know it was kind of a secret. At one point, I think one of the questions I was asked was, how do I relate to the immigrant community? How would I reach out to them? How would I understand how they work? And I was, I was shocked when I received that question from the forum moderators. So I, I leaned into the microphone and said, I am an immigrant. You could almost hear a pin drop in the entire place. I'm an immigrant. I'm from Trinidad. I was born in Trinidad. Um, When I was a child, I had a very thick Caribbean Trinidadian accent. And sometime around the, um, just as I got into high school, growing up in Boston, my accent faded. That's right around when people stopped asking me where I was from. That's when people stopped asking me about my accent. Um, I grew up in Jamaica Plain pretty tough life. We grew up pretty poor. Um, once my father was able to bring my mother and the rest of us, brothers and sisters, here to America, I think around 1970, um, it was a rough time growing up in Boston, Jamaica Plain. Um, a lot of drug, crime, infested uh, neighborhoods, gunfights, knife fights, you name it. Um, I don't know how my parents got us through that without me and my brothers and sisters getting caught up in all the gang and drug wars and all the violence of the 1970s when it was literally happening in front of our house. Um, so for me, just so you know, a lot of people don't know this. I grew up, in my mind, in between worlds. Okay, being an immigrant from another country as a child, um, 
I sort of had one foot in the Caribbean and one foot in America. I grew up in America. America's my home. I fall into a category. There's a certain category of immigrants from other countries who fall into a really tight category where when we come to America, we fully embrace the concept, the idea of America. You see me go around with the flag. You know, I joined the military. I did this. I did that. I did the other thing. Um, because I came from nothing and I had nothing, and I remember what it was to have no, clue, no clothes, no shoes, no food, no electricity, you know, and I tell my kids, you know what? When I was a kid, when I was your age, we had some rocks and we found a stick and we had a game. We didn't, we didn't have any, we didn't have anything. Um, so I appreciate the opportunities here in America. I appreciate with hard work, you can achieve things and do things in America. And I appreciate the opportunities. Um, in my opinion, people don't appreciate, a lot of people who are born here don't appreciate how good America is. If it, uh, am I babbling too much? No. St no. St stop me if I'm no, going go on too long. Um, think of it this way. You wake up in the morning, you know, maybe you're not feeling so well. You know, creaking, maybe arthritis, maybe heartburn, maybe this, maybe that. You're not, you know, you're not doing so good to get a cup of coffee or you go to your dentist or someplace. You got issues. So what do you do? If you have issues in your body, you deal with it. You fix it. You go to the dentist. You go to the eye doctor. You work with it. In my opinion, America has issues. It always has. But what have we always tried to do here in America? Fix them. You remember that Tea Party and the Revolutionary War and the taxes? Yeah, there's violence. There's a lot of insurrection. But that was people trying to fix what they thought was wrong. There have always been problems in America. There are always problems within a family. There's always problems wherever you go, anywhere, any country. But in my opinion, America is about as good as it's going to get. America was founded on an idea as opposed to an ethnicity. And I don't think there's anything else quite like America in the world. And that's how I approach things. And it's, like I said, I have, I have a certain focus as an immigrant coming into this, and I don't mind it. Um, there, <laughs> there are times when people persecuted me for being black. There are times when I felt persecuted for being a man. The times when I felt persecuted for being straight. There were times when I felt persecuted for being a Christian. There were literally times when I was persecuted for being American. <laughs> no, matter, no matter where you turned. I mean, no, 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 yeah. matter, no matter where I turned. I mean, that, that, that one hit me, you know, when I was um, overseas in Germany, back in the mid-80s, you know, I was young, I was kind of stupid. It was during the Reagan era. You know, there are millions of people pro protesting across Europe and Germany. They were angry at Ronald Reagan because he was putting nuclear missiles in Europe to fend off the Soviets. And I, I don't know, I was like maybe in a bad mood one day. You know, I'm just a young soldier, 18, 19 years old. So I decide, against orders, to just put on the denim jacket and just walk off in the middle of town. So I walk into the middle of German town. There's like hundreds of thousands of people protesting, down with America, da-da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> you know, and I could have gotten killed. Actually, one little old lady, must have been nearly 100 years old, you know, tried to attack me at one point. And I'm, I'm like sitting on a park bench and a bunch of middle of protesters like, 
I can't do anything. She's a little old lady. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I just kind of sat there with my jaw hanging open. And she's swearing at me in German. You know, she was angry at me because I was American and I was black. <laughs> yeah, Africana, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah. there's no comeback. So, so thankfully, after a few moments, some young, like 18-year-old kid, maybe her, her great-grandson came and apologized to me in German and hauled her off by, you know, her elbow. I'm thinking, you know, maybe I shouldn't be hanging around in the middle of anti-American protests in the middle of Europe by myself. Yeah. <laughs> I could go. There are all well, kinds of stories. <laughs> well, you brought up protests. We'll get to that later on. So for yeah. the people who want to know, how did you get involved in the school committee? Your first, your very first inkling, you know, for the people who don't know, why did you decide to run the very first time? That's messy. Um, I How I got into politics had nothing to do with the school committee to begin with. I was on pretty much a rant concerning politics in the city, period. A little over 10 years ago, there was a huge crime wave. You know, it was very well publicized here in Malden. Um, crime this, crime this, break-ins, this, that. It was, it was pretty ugly. And a lot of people were really upset. We had gone to um, our local counselor had a forum one night. And a bunch of us residents went, and I overheard some random person I'd never seen before say, ah, I, I ought to run for city council. I said, yeah, you, whoever you are, <laughs> if you're going to run, I'm, I'm going to be a campaign manager. He's like, you, who are you? I'm like, uh, I'm Joe Gray. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just spontaneous combustion. Um, we didn't get very far. We had no idea what we were doing. We were clueless. I admit it. But it got me involved in city politics, which up until that point, I hadn't been paying attention to. And then every little thing started to bug me. I'm like, what are we doing about crime? What are we doing about housing? What are we doing about the roads? What are we doing about the schools? At that point, you know, I've, I've got three children in the school systems and the schools are crumbling. And I said to myself, what the heck is going on? And it just kind of snowballed from there. My focus and my wife's focus, you know, from that point on, focused a lot on the schools. Everything else was kind of secondary. And then when that whole phase of life on, you know, being campaign manager and trying to get somebody for city council, once that faded, all I was left with was, okay, I'm kind of in the system now. I'm kind of on the street corners holding signs. You know, all I could focus on was the schools. Even during the time when I was helping out being a campaign manager for the city councilor, I'd say, do you know what's going on in the schools? Blah, 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 blah. But, but nobody else seemed to be listening to me at the time. Um, so eventually, I just sort of went on, on my own. It's been an uphill fight. Um, it hasn't been easy. No, I mean, if we're talking nearly over 10 years ago, and it took me this long to get elected, you know, in and out, in and out, in and out it, it's been a wild ride. There's a lot more to it than that, but, you know, if you, if you want to ask me some specific questions, you know, there's all sorts of different rabbit holes I could go down on different issues and topics, like, for instance, um, one thing, you know, I won't get into too much details or specifics, but one of the things I have to deal with is the way the school committee was run 10 years ago is not the way the school committee is being run now. And it that's been, you know, a little bit of a learning curve for me. But I'm dealing with it because I understand times change, the cultures change, and the things that were relevant 10 years ago 
are no longer relevant now. They're not even on the radar now. Yeah, that's that's correct. I mean, the first time, for people who don't know, the first time I met Joe Gray is we both ran as write-ins. So I had no idea. I know the story went that three people had taken out papers. They missed the deadline, and I called City mm-hmm. Hall, and I, I inquired about running, and I was told uh, at the time nobody's running, and then I found out Joe ran and I met Joe and then about a week before the election to our surprise we found out we had another opponent come in the race so there was a three-way race and that was a long night the you know you want to talk about recounts <laughs> and they asked me would you like a recount after the things came out and I for the benefit of everybody else I was like okay here we go again I didn't know how long we were going to wait there but I what I will say about Joe is throughout and Joe and I ran against each other 13 and 15 so 2013 2015 Mm. and he has never launched anything negative against me and vice versa we just did our thing it was just just like you you know know. i i don't i don't believe in that well what's what's the point of running a negative campaign i mean that's the higher level (laughs) if you're going to go for like city council or something yeah, I mean, after I <laughs> after I left the school committee, I tried to run. You know, I tried to take the high road, and it hasn't gotten me <laughs> hasn't gotten me anywhere. So I think you know, if I have any more runs in me for anything higher, maybe take the gloves off. I don't know. That's not a that that's not a you know a spoiler or anything. I haven't I haven't made up my mind. You know, since I left politics, and I'll have to say, you're gonna get this eventually if you ever leave politics. Do you miss it? And I had to be honest, I, I missed being on the school committee. Unlike you, I don't have any children, but I, I ran for school committee because mm. I thought government had their claws too much into the schools, whether it's federal, state, or local. Parents, you're a parent. You know how what's best for your children mm. rather than a school. So that's why I got involved, hoping to make a difference. And I served. It's a learning curve. You come in. You're in the weeds. My, my, you know, a lot of things early on I, I, I tried to stand for were, were, were motioned against. I had more no votes. I may, I may have hold the record, I don't know, on the, at the school committee at that point, but I was proud of my record. I got things done. You know, I tried to go against Common Core when parents called me not knowing how the heck that was supposed to happen. I helped get the hockey program in, and I stood for the custodians, which at the time I was the only Republican on the school committee, and I got the backing of the biggest progressive union in the country. So people (laughs) scratched their head to this day of how that happened, but they remembered that I helped the custodians. Then I left, and I missed it. You know, I missed helping things, getting the opportunity to, to help families and students, and... You know, you have that itch now. You're on the school committee. Um, subcommittees, I was on. So in my second term, I had, I was in a position of being one of the senior members. Mm-hmm. I know two of the members are still there, Lenny Iavino and John Froyo. Um, I was on the budget subcommittee. It's very important, the most, imp- you know, probably the top committee. I was the chairman of public facilities and safety, and I was co-chair of policy so how let me ask you because you got inaugurated and then a few months later COVID hit so you really you had all the politicians you're reading my mind yeah all the politicians (laughs) you're doing something that hasn't happened since 1912 with the the influenza doing meetings on zoom and stuff you haven't really I, I, I you know let me correct you a little bit it's it's I'm referring back to something I said a little earlier. Um, the school committee's not like how I remembered it from ten years ago. It's not like how you remember it from a few years ago. Yeah. One of the major things that just threw just that pipe right in the bicycle spokes right there was COVID nineteen. Literally, weeks after I got inaugurated, everything went off the rails. This year on the school committee has been like nothing anybody's ever seen. 
Um, I, I won't get into too much details, but it, I'm, I'm not I'm not describing this in a in a positive way. Yeah, you know, it sometimes it kind of bugs me the way things have to be now, the way that things are now, and what we've evolved into because of COVID nineteen. But in my mind, I'm adapting. I think everybody's adapting and everybody's trying to find a way forward. And I can hope things return to some sort of normalcy. But nothing, all those, all those initiatives and things you talk about, you know, the hockey league and all this stuff. I mean, there are no sports. Yeah. There's no, there are no sports. There are no arts. There are no fundraisers. There's no this. There's no that. There's, there's nothing. I, I, I don't know how to put that into words. There's literally nothing right now, and that bugs the hell out of me. I know, because you <laughs> ran for a purpose to do something <laughs> yes, and to fix yes. things, and you can't even, and it's you hard can't, doing can't stuff do that. On, on Zoom. You can't. You, you can't. Like, like, what if there's something that needs to be fixed in the schools? What's the point? Yeah. The kids aren't using the school buildings at all. Now, what's <laughs> I mean, not that anything could happen, but what are some of the subcommittees that you're currently on now? I'm on technology. I'm on facilities. And I'm on, um, oh, what's the policy? other? Po- no, not policy. It, it, it's, it's another minor committee. And... Um, Like I said, it's kind of strange because these subcommittees, it's it's like there's nothing to do. (laughs) Yeah. And and no one knows how long. Like you said, we don't know when we can get back to normalcy. So it could, you know, people are supposed to start the campaign next year. Like, 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 for instance, how do we have a subcommittee meeting on facilities and security if there's nobody in the building and there's no no idea when anybody's going to physically be in the building what's the point yeah i mean it it, it just everything's i'm struggling for words we're, we're kind of in some ways we're just kind of floundering we're just sort of coasting and i've got my fingers crossed that this covid thing goes away like I said before, so we can get back to some kind of normal. I mean, there's there's nothing normal I can really tell you about. Um, this whole this whole cycle's been not normal. You know, I may make some people angry, but I'm gonna share a tiny little something. You know that. I kind of think about that. Oh, may- this is an exclusive here. <laughs> that, on, on- that, that maybe I maybe I shouldn't say, but what the heck? They can fire me. <laughs> <laughs> what I found fascinating, this is just me, is when running for the office last year. Um, it was kind of weird trying to understand where the electorate was coming from. And then the candidate forum came around, and we knew, okay, we're going to be on stage, we're going to be on camera, we're going to have to answer these tough questions. I had no idea. I'd never been on the school committee before. In my, my, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, they're going to ask us policy questions. Okay. Then they're going to give us 60 seconds to spontaneously come up with no notes, no nothing. Do you remember how many policy-related questions we were asked during the candidate forum for school committee? No, I, I, I Zero. was there, yeah, and I was there in the audience. Zero. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a strange night, too. It, it, we, it, we were asked a lot about how we felt. How would we how would we relate to people? Remember, I said the, one of the initial questions was, you know, how would I relate to immigrants? And I'm thinking, what does this have to do with policy? Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, so like I said, I got a little annoyed. I'm like, I am an immigrant, <laughs> and, 
I'm thinking to myself, why are they even asking you these questions? I mean, I could answer these questions in my sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and on the, well, on the so twice when twice when you ran for school committee when I ran as well, um, you sometimes bump into somebody on the street, maybe yeah. another candidate. Did you at all interact with your your opponent this oh, time? Oh yes. Oh, she's a lovely woman. Um, I enjoyed meeting her. Beautiful young family, husband and children, and um, she was really nice. I I, I think my opponent was, um, her children went to the forest dale, I think. And, you know, there there were times when, you know, I I don't want to pat myself on the back, you know, but gave her a little help, you know, here and there during the campaign because she was new. Just like with you and I, um, it wasn't contentious, no mudslinging anything, but don't take this the wrong way. I treated her a little nicer than I treated you. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, I guess you got to treat everyone nice these days because you never know if you're running for office and anything. Well, well, you know, I mean, like like one, one minor example, you know, when um, it came time for, to get signatures, it was July 4th, you know, Trafton Park, you know, she had to be away somewhere. Somebody came by, had signature papers for her, and I'm like, okay, I'll help. I'll help. I'll, I'll, you know, I got like 15, 20 signatures for her to help her get on the ballot. I'm like, why not? You know? Yeah. More competition. You know, so I, I, sat, I stood there and I asked people to sign her up. You know, sign my papers, sign her papers, da-da-da-da. Blah, blah blah, and um, it was just a nice community thing, a communal thing, you know. And sometimes we just meet her on the corner, holding signs, and we trade notes and just chat, da 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 da, share pizza. I mean, it's nothing big, yeah. You know, but people, in my mind, people don't expect that. They expect to be nasty. They expect the backstabbing. Another exclusive. I'm going to say right here now on the air. Uh-oh, two exclusives. <laughs> you got that right. I, I'm i going to say it now because occasionally people ask me. I have no plans whatsoever to run for city council. I am not doing it. Mm. You heard it here. And if anybody asks me again, I'm going to say the same thing. I have <laughs> No desire and no intention to run for the Ward 6 city councilor seat. Okay? So stop asking me. <laughs> oh, see, I didn't know. This is, because I didn't know people were asking because that's usually, they always say, oh, that's the, what's that word I'm looking for? The, the next step heir apparent, Yeah, the heir yeah. apparent, the next step sometimes. So I didn't know people were asking you that. I figured people would ask you, because of COVID, do you plan on running again for a school committee? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, um, if I'm, I'm going to run again, unless something changes between now and next election season, the plan is to run again. <clears throat> um, and if there's a challenger, there's a challenger. If I win, I win. If I lose, I lose. But the plan is to run again. There is no plan to run for city council seat. You heard that? None. <laughs> None. The people at don't, home don't, taking notes. Don't force me. Don't offer me money. Get lost. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, an- another thing that the school committee, I, I don't want to say it's controversial, but there was a lot of people, give or take, that weren't happy with the, the vote, the, the one of the latest votes you had to take concerning the opening of schools. I know You're it was a very, absolutely right. That was yeah. very controversial, and there were some people who were upset at me. Um, but I tried to explain before the vote. I put out a note before the vote happened, you know, not breaking any rules. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you're not supposed to discuss the vote. Yeah. But I put out a note, you know, hours before the vote saying, you know what, I received some paperwork. Um, it looks like the writings on the wall, which way this vote was going to go. And um, so what do you mean? I'm like, no, no, no. I, I can't say anything publicly 
But after we take the vote, I'll let you know. So we took the vote. Everybody saw it. You know, some people were happy. Some people were angry. And then I explained after that school committee meeting why I took the vote I did. I said, you know, um, sometimes you have to be practical in life. Um, and sometimes you have to follow the law and legal re- recommendations. And what I and what I shared with people was the fact that um, I on the school committee we had received an official letter from the Board of Health specifically requesting that schools be completely remote for health-related reasons. Came through official channels. I, the instant I saw that, I said, uh, "Yeah." I just took. I, I just took. It just let the air out. I'm like, <laughs> where, "Where do you go with that? What's there to debate at that yeah. point?" Um, regardless of how people feel, how angry they are, if we have an official letter from the Board of Health saying people could get hurt. If we don't do remote and specifically requesting this, that has to have weight. There are a bunch of other issues in the mix that for political reasons, <laughs> I'm not going to discuss on the air, but, but that was the main thing. The other reasons for taking that vote were just as valid but that was the main public one. That that was the icing on the cake. Because until I got that letter from the Board of Health, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have an open mind. I'm going to listen to the, all the pros and cons and listen to the arguments. Second that letter came across my desk, I'm like, it's over in my mind. What's the counter argument to that? You know, yeah. if, 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 if you get a message from the Board of Health, you know, implying that people may die. <laughs> what expertise would I have to argue against that realistically? Nothing. I had, I had nothing at that point. Yeah, so then the question remains, because this was brought up, I was I, I had a phone conversation with somebody in Walden. I won't give out the name or which what ward they're in, but they I, actually, I talked to several people about they, it. They actually, unfortunately, called me yesterday and said that because of this vote, they pulled their children out of the Walden schools and they're going yes. private. And they yes. said that their argument was that they knew it was inedible, but they wanted someone to at least bring up the topic of reopen knowing that because you said the letter that was tying everyone's hands back to at least come out maybe i mean no I th- no the it, the letter was the final straw yeah there were, there were a bunch of other things there this there are the legal things in the food mix that i i can't really go into detail but i told people ahead of time and i told people afterwards and it's in writing you could go on my my Facebook timeline see exactly what I wrote and I put a quote in my sentence quote the final straw period yeah that and I understand how that parent feels listen to what you just said the parent kind of knew that's the direction it was going to go for you know for whatever reason for their own reasons but the writing was on the wall what I don't here's where I don't understand then because I never I I'm not on the school committee obviously mm. you are you got the letter that if the public schools are not open or they're doing the remote then you have private schools and the charter school yes. that open so does does yes. the board of health not okay this okay. is confusing this, no no, this is the, no it's, you know. it's it's actually not confusing I was hammered on this exact issue by constituents in Ward Six. They asked me this exact same questions, this question, and I had private conversations where I explained to them step by step what's happening with the charter school versus the public schools. Um, Let me see if I can remember 
some of the relevant details in my step-by-step explanation. Once I explained it to them, they understood. Um, okay, let's, let's build it this way. The charter school is an independent school district. The charter school has its own board of directors. Governor Baker legally authorized all schools to open and gave them the option for in-person teaching. Okay? This is state-authorized. So then each board for each school district gets to independently decide whether to have in-person or not, regardless of what the Board of Health says. The Board of Health is automatically overruled by the state government at that point. Think about it. If the governor authorizes the charter school to open, all the Board of Health can do legally is make sure that the charter school adheres to the governor's guidelines for opening in person. That's it. The Board of Health can complain all they want. People can complain all they want. But the legal authorization's there. Whereas the city of Malden went in the opposite direction. The school committee for the city of Malden is part of the city government. The board of directors for the charter school is not is a private entity. It's not part of the government. For the school committee, as part of the government infrastructure, we're, more, we're under more legal obligation to respect government mandates and government rules. So if one department in the government here in Malden says it's a health risk, we shouldn't do it, then it would be really strange for another part of the same government infrastructure here in the city to defy it. That's a hard sell. That's the reality we're up against. Whereas the charter school could tell the city government to go pound sand. (laughs) Yeah. There there are some other things in the mix that are more controversial and legal to back this up, but I can't really go into it in detail. Um, But let me put it... Let me put it in vague terms, the other part of my answer. If the city government, if the school committee open the schools and the teachers do not show up, what's the point anyways? Check mate. Yeah. They, <laughs> there, there's, there's, you, and there are other reasons beyond that that I can't go into. But the governor gave permission, the charter school took it and ran, the Board of Health can't stop it, and the teachers weren't going to show up anyways. There was, there was nowhere to go. Yeah. So, so people may not like the vote, but any other vote would have been pointless. I, you, you heard on that subject. You heard it straight from. I'm I'm Joe sorry. Gray. I, I know there's some people who are going to hate on me. No matter what you do, I. That's no matter what, what I, you do, that's what I learned in politics. You yeah, can't, but but it's the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. And now is the school committee officially adjourned? No, it, no. The, oh, the, the I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. We're in September now. Yeah. Yeah, so, we're in September. We, yeah. Everything's back. Because you had the budget. How did that go? Were there any? Everything's. According to the governor, we're level funded, so we're trying to keep everything level going into the next year and hope the state finances stabilize. Do you think, in your opinion, it will get worse, the cuts for next year? No. That all comes back to COVID-19. How how long we stay shut down? Um, Because the longer we stay shut down, that is suppressing state revenues. It's suppressing tax revenues. Um, they've got, in my opinion, they've got to loosen the restrictions um, statewide and try and find a way to get more people back to work, get more people working. But everybody's scared right now. 
A lot of schools are shut down. A lot of a lot of universities are floundering. Some schools are shutting permanently. You know, I'm not talking too much about other industries and businesses. I'm mostly concentrating on the schools because that's where my focus is right now. But when you have some schools and some universities closing doors permanently, um, that causes a chain reaction in the local communities. Restaurants, grocery stores, laundromats, you, you name it. And that kind of ripples outwards. So you're going to have pockets throughout the state where universities are shut down, where entire communities are becoming depressed. And that's pushing down tax revenues. People can't pay rent. People can't do this. It's 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 a mess. And I know we we I don't th- I don't know if this has ever happened. I don't know if because of a hurricane in the past, but mm. this is the first year we couldn't do any wards couldn't do Fourth of July. So Joe <laughs> came up with the idea with the few volunteers to go around on on Memorial Day and honor some some memorials that were along the way on corners. And then he did something for Flag Day, and then. Same thing for the 4th of July. How did that come about? How did that brainstorm? That was, that was me. <laughs> um, I, I just insisted on doing something. Yeah. Got a few volunteers, you know, a merry band together, um, call ourselves the Maplewood Association. We were, we were, going to try and make ourselves into, you know, some sort of 501c3 or something. We're planning on doing something official this year, but everything just got derailed by COVID. Yeah. So we're literally doing nothing. Um, But what we are doing is like, okay, we're going to take it slow. And occasionally, if there's an opportunity to do a community event, um, we're going to do it. Whether it's Memorial Day, uh, you saw the video, walked around to the um, the different memorials in Ward 6, you know, talked about it, played patriotic music, um, 4th of July, the same thing, you know, rode around with the flag, played patriotic music, saluted everybody, um, just trying to build some sort of community pride, something, and our little band of um, volunteers were going to try and do something for Halloween, but something different this time. People are getting tired of you know us running around in a pickup truck waving. It gets old. So we're going to try and have some sort of Halloween contest. You know, um, the basic outline is you know decorate your house. You know, register with us. Send us your address. We'll come by, we'll take pictures or something, and then we'll have a little contest. Maybe we'll have a contest, maybe we'll have people vote on, you know, what's the best dressed or best um, decorated house. And we're thinking of putting together something like little gift certificate awards, you know, for the best Halloween house or something. Maintaining social distancing, no parades, no parties, no nothing because we, we just can't right now but um as each major holiday comes around if there's something we can do to get people into any kind of community spirit i'm gonna try um i'm you know i admit we're sort of fumbling around a bit because this had never been done before yeah, but my attitude is, why not? Oh, you remember my disastrous plan to try and do um, movie night in the park? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that got shut down by the board of health real fast. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> that's that's strange because I know because I see on Facebook there's all these other communities that do that, not with the not the, just in general, like the the place where they do the top sealed fair. Mm-hmm. They're doing. Um, Movie, drive, movie night drive-in, yep. so yep. that's that's you know it's unfortunate. But I remember uh, I remember every year the past few years on Halloween, there's a certain house on on Granite Street and next door, and they do little you know hot yes. dogs and they do stuff. And 
the mayor and political figures walk around. It, it's going to be hard to do that this year. Yeah. Um, just earlier today, I just saw a news article where Los Angeles has canceled Halloween. I said, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. I know there's a movement out there. I'll plug it. Save, save Halloween 2020. I don't know, you know, all the details on that, but I guess you could, there are large crowds. Obviously, I mean, sometimes years have gone by. There's literally nobody that, Never mind COVID. Before COVID, there was I remember a time nobody came to the house. I don't know if it was due to weather or it was just sometimes it is. Yeah, but but yeah. There, there, this trend of canceling Halloween festivities, I think that's going to spread. I, I really do. I hope not, because we we shouldn't cancel Thanksgiving and and all these other holidays approaching. I I, I don't know what to tell you. And what about the church? Are they still? Do they cancel? Is it too early? Do they usually have the bazaar in the in the basement. Everything's everything shut down. Everything. Okay. No bingo nights. Nothing at the church. They they can't. They're under strict guidelines, and I mean strict. Yeah. The church steps out of line in any way, shape, or form with uh, COVID rules. I guarantee you the hammer's coming down on them, and they don't want to chance it. So after church service is over, slam, the doors are locked. Um, the church doors usually stay locked until about 15 minutes before church services start. Nobody gets touched, no events, nothing. <laughs> I, mean, I may have to get a costume and go trick-or-treating myself if... To Is where? Be, Everybody's going to have their doors locked. I'll have people buy candy and I'll just show up at the... <laughs> like that, like that, what was that commercial? The, sto- um, the stovetop? Or that, or that enco- mm. encore, the food, the guy that was on Happy Days used to say, oh, I'll be there Tuesday night. And was that commercial, <laughs> he played Al on Happy Days. Yeah, I remember. I forgot what food that was. That food, the... the the microwave dinners and stuff, you know, they they came. I, out I, I know which one you talk. I don't remember yeah. the exact food either. Encore, like the like something the, like that. Yeah, something like that. So we have about almost ten. Wow, time time flew by with Good. Joe did, did. and I. Oh, yeah, we almost have uh, ten minutes. So we'll touch touch upon whatever we want to talk things. about. You said earlier. I said I'd get back to it. What protest? I know in the past you'd bring your camera and you'd go to videotape. I still do. Protest. Okay, so you were at one of the ones early. How was that experience before? Before uh, I think it was before COVID. Was one right? <laughs> Which one? I, okay, I at, at, from the beginning of this year. Yeah. Let me see if I can remember. Um, beginning of the year, I started off with the Bernie Sanders presidential campaign rally. So I attended that. Uh, I mean, the COVID thing was just starting, and nobody knew, and nobody had masks. But but it was already in the news. So I I did some amateur reporting on the Bernie Sanders um, rally. I, did, I went some amateur reporting. I went to the Black Lives Matter protest in downtown. I got some good videotape of that. And then as soon as uh, it became dusk and the sun was going down, I said, oh, maybe it's time to go. Because uh, I, I, I could tell there are some bad-looking people coming into the crowd and they're going to cause trouble. So I'm like, oh, I'm getting a little old. So yeah. <laughs> so I left and then they burned uh, breaking and burning things in Boston. I'm like, uh, I don't need to see that. Um the Black Lives Matter um rallies here in town. I attended that, got some video. Um Joe Kennedy when Joe Kennedy came to Malden I recorded his entire campaign rally. Um, where was that? I, I the believe BB School, maybe. I think. Yes, it was the BB School. You know that was interesting attending Joe Kennedy's rally, and people in his staff want, kept asking me, "Do you want to interview Joe Kennedy? He'll he'll do an interview with you." I'm sitting with my like, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to interview him. I'm just going to stand here in the corner and I'm just going to record him. You know, I'll I'll let the professional news people do that. Um, Then, um, oh, there was one minor screw-up I made just a short while ago. 
There was um, an anti-mandate rally taking place in Boston Common recently. Um, so I went that Saturday. I had no idea that the rally got moved to the following day because of the weather, the rain. So I show up on Boston Common. I'm looking, well, where, where are all the angry protesters? Where would everybody go? <laughs> so guess who I found? Dr. Shiva. I'm like, Dr. Shiva? And he was talking about the anti-mandate thing, but then he was just off in all sorts of strange grievances and pet peeves, and everybody's, it was incoherent. And then I realized, you know, he's running for Senate. I'm like, oh, gee, this guy's getting no, no news coverage. What the heck? Yeah. I, I turned on my camcorder, and I just recorded anyways. Um, so then I went back the next day, and I went to the real anti-mandate vaccine rally and I got some good coverage at that and that was interesting and a lot of times what shocks people about these rallies that I go to and protests at least half the crowd isn't wearing masks and three quarters of them aren't social distancing nobody's social distancing nobody's wearing almost nobody's wearing masks so I'm standing in the middle of the crowd with my camcorder on my cell phone, just going around in a circle. And, and, and then I take shots of the state troopers and the Boston police a few feet away, just twiddling their thumbs, watching. The, nobody's getting arrested. And nobody's wearing masks. And nobody cares. Yeah. And you're not hearing any news about anybody being infected. At one point during the anti-mandate rally, one of the speakers, some charismatic um, black preacher type guy, got on stage, you know, in front of the state house, and asked everybody to hug each other. <laughs> I'm like, ooh. <laughs> so everybody there on Beacon Street, I mean, like, I don't know, maybe six, seven hundred people at least, started hugging each other. I'm like, no, I kind of hid behind my camera. I'm like, I'm not hugging anybody. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but they were so happy. Everybody was so, they, they were protesting. They didn't like what Governor Baker was doing with all these new mandates, blah, 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 blah. It was, it was interesting. To me, maybe it's the way I've grown up emotionally i don't mind hanging around protesters and protest rallies and it doesn't matter what political end of the spectrum they're on okay um as i've grown up i've used i'm used to being in all kinds of environments around all kinds of people a lot of times people who just don't like me <laughs> i'm like look i'm just here I got my camcorder, not trying to cause any trouble with anybody. Because sometimes you get into these crowds and people are drunk and they're yeah. looking for a fight. I'm like, not me. <laughs> I'm just the guy with the camera. <laughs> well, before I – we still have we still have some time, less than 10 minutes. Before I give what, Joe like the, the opportunity for his final words to the public, I'm just going to – Plug a few things if I could. Oh. So I usually so MATV is back as you know, and there are four co-hosts of O two one four eight, which I do the second Wednesday of each month. So next Wednesday, the next time I'll be on the air. I don't know if we're still going to do tapings or it'll, or it'll be live, but I am trying to secure Senate candidate. Kevin O'Connor, I actually had lunch today with someone on there, on his campaign staff. We had lunch across the street. All, another plug, All Seasons Table. They opened yesterday, and I came in today, had lunch. So I think the date, I don't have my phone on me or a calendar on me. I think that's Wednesday, October 14th. I'm trying to have U.S. Senate candidate Kevin O'Connor and... People have asked me what I have been doing throughout this. Back this past April, I became, believe it or not, and we do exist, the new current chairman of the Republican Party in Malden. They were defunct for two years. I wasn't part of it at that time, but I helped revive it. We're back. If anybody wants any information on that, 
send me an email, leoniformalden at gmail.com, or call me, 781-635-7070. And with that, I'll send it off to Joe Gray with his final comments. We have five minutes. <laughs> you don't have to use up the whole five minutes. Just whatever you want, or I'll I'll send us off the air. So, oh geez, five. Uh, I don't know if I got five minutes. You know, I'm I'm just I'm just talking in general. Um, who's that Senate candidate? That that's interesting. I think I saw him at your event, and um, I'm sorry to say that was really the first time I've heard about him. But he's getting very little press coverage especially in this town yeah and that's i'm trying to i'm trying to help that uh he went against dr shiva and what a lot of people what was interesting were there was some real strict conservatives that were supporting dr shiva people you people need to do their research because what a lot of people don't know is dr shiva has a record of assault from a couple years ago which it's it's public record, and he was asked about this on Howie Carr, and he totally had a meltdown and would not answer the question. So I told people, I can't I can't personally support someone who does that. You know, I, I remember that especially. So Kevin O, I mean, does Kevin O'Connor fit the whole conservative checkbox? No. But he had a lot of good ideas. There's some there's some issues that I wish he talked about, especially with veterans, because I'm a veteran. Joe's a veteran. So he will trying to get him on the air here next month and to give him more exposure. But see, the thing is, he's got a small crew, and they have to go statewide. And this is Ed Markey country, you know, especially in Massachusetts, in his own backyard. So I know a few days after my event, they had a rally at the police station, mm. and a few other people showed up. So that's Kevin O'Connor. I mean, you can email me if you want further information. But, again, I don't know if we're going to be taping or live, but I think it's October 14th. It's the second Wednesday of October is when I had the person write down on the calendar. So be very interesting. It's going to be, you know, pe- some people. It's going. I think the undecided are going to decide this vote just like in malden we have 50 percent of the registered voters democrat but 40 are unenrolled mm. and just that's, just you know just so you know um because some a lot of people ask me sometimes i'm a political moderate and um that bugs people because people sometimes a lot of times want you to take sides yeah and um i'm unenrolled i'm a moderate and I like to see things from all sides and all different angles. So people are never going to see me, you know, out there going rah, 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 sis, boom, bah, you know, hardcore from one side or the other, unless there's a personal connection. You know, there, there are some people who I do campaign for or do help out on a local level, you know, like, like. Steve Oltrino, for instance, um, you know, always going to give him a helping hand every now and then because he's been good to my family. You, I'm always going to give you a helping hand every now and then, you know, because you, you know, you're a good neighbor. You know, then people say, well, what does that mean? I'm like, well, I like Jerry. And I like Steve. I don't care that they're from opposite parties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's a personal relationship and sometimes in politics that matters for me that matters um so if people want me to be you know some hateful republican or hateful democrat democrat it's not no no i'm I'm not going there i'm not getting sucked into those conversations um i guess it's a side effect from my father, you know, from Trinidad. You know, he, he, he's, I know it's a derogatory term, but he was off the boat from Trinidad. You know, he wasn't American at all. But his philosophy was to get along with everybody. 
to try and be friends with everybody, with the emphasis on try. And for my father, it was just easy, just flowed. Every, everybody liked him. Yeah. And that's what I aspire to be like. You know, like, you know, dad had it right. <laughs> All right. Well, the, the parents, the parents know best that old saying. So we're wrapping it up. We have 10 seconds left. I'd like to thank school committee member of Ward 6, Joe Gray. I'm Jerry Leone. This is 02148 Studio B. We're back. And remember, stay safe, help, help the elderly, and wear your masks. Have a good night. Bye, Bye everybody. Mom.